hello everybody and welcome back to the Marketing Freaks podcast. In this week's episode, we have yet another brilliant, wonderful, special guest, Anastasia Rumi-Letti. We're going to be talking about how defining the right corporate values for your business can really help steer your marketing efforts, your sales, and of course, your growth. So really interesting stories here from the trenches and going through the process and seeing the results come out the other side from Anastasia. Really hope you find this one useful. If you do, please come and subscribe. Let's get started. Well, Anastasia... Um, welcome to your first ever podcast, which I'm honoured that it is the Marketing Freaks podcast, so thank you. Thank you, John, for inviting me as a pure marketing freak now. I think that's a new title that it's I'm going to put on my resume. Exactly. It is official. You are a marketing <laughs> freak. Um, so we're going to be talking about, or basing the episode on kind of corporate values and how they can impact real practical change yeah. in digital marketing or the digital world. Mm-hmm. Um so first off, like what, when we're talking about corporate values, um, in a really practical sense, what do you mean by that? And um, how does that usually translate? Well, it's, it's, worth, um, it's worth looking back at, um, at what, what a business is there to do. And uh, successful yep. businesses are there to deliver growth in the long term, in a sustainable way, rather than looking at short-term gains, yep. right? So that's the, let's let's get this out of the way. Um, then, as businesses grow, more and more people join the organization. So, core values are essentially a, a tool uh, for um, all the employees mm-hmm. uh, to use as guiding principles in the way that they conduct business. Yep. Uh, and this is essential because, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's really hard for a CEO or the executive team or even the board to control everybody in the way they conduct business. So a business would set uh, um, core values in a way that uh, will feel comfortable and aligned uh, with the, the, the objective of doing businesses, right? Yeah. Which is beyond just delivering profit, but also hopefully uh, adding some sort of value in the society. Yeah. Um, where it becomes tricky, as you, as you mentioned uh, before around change, is when businesses try to... to to change and use the core values as a tool uh, to uh, quickly control and adapt everyone's behavior. Uh, why is that tricky? Well, you know, every company has its own culture. Yep. Even from day one, even from when the company was just one person, yep. it already had a history of how yep. the business was, was, was done. Yep. Uh, and if it was done in a, in a cutthroat way or in a, in a very lovey-dovey way, that yep. is part of the history and that is part of the DNA of the organization. Yeah, and also I assume the, the nature of the people in the business. Like mm-hmm. I always think that um, a large part of a company's culture is set by the people in the room and how they behave and their attitudes towards life. And it's sometimes... Like, I guess, like you say, it's the DNA, isn't it? And it's culture can set itself based on 
the people that are there. And I, are we talking about, I guess, like corporate values? Are we saying they should be the guiding light, if you like, to say, well, look, here's how, here's how we believe that culture should be directed mm-hmm. and how we should do business? Ideally, but it's not. So the core values should go beyond just inspiring a culture. Okay. They should go all the way up to creating a framework of conducting business. For example, right? Uh, you take businesses that they believe in fair trade, or uh, they want to uh, to follow the law, and in any in any in any way. Um, it's really hard for those businesses to, you know, turn a blind eye when in a specific country their employees don't do that. Yep. Or, for example, they would use facilitating bribes in order to conduct businesses or they would engage in, in, uh, in child labor, right? Yep. So um, it's, it goes beyond just the culture of the employees and how these employees behave with one another and with every stakeholder of the organization. Yep. It actually goes down to how, who do we engage with as potential yep. business partners? Yeah, yeah. Do we pay taxes or not? Yeah. Uh, do I we follow so. the law? I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope so. Um, but you know, there are all sorts of types of businesses out there. And for a director and for a board, when they come together and they say, and they find a, a pre-existing um, a situation, if they say we want to start fresh and set our own corporate values that are, they're going to be quite noble. Yep and will try to be as authentic as possible, if they don't take into consideration the history, yep. um, they may fall victims of um, either the employees not really following the values yep. and, and, and laughing yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> about it, yeah. um, uh, or simply uh, further down the line, just scratching their heads and say, well, but we, we set our core values. Why nobody's following it? Why nothing has changed? Why we still, you know, not seeing the results that we should have been seeing? Yep. I think your point around core value shouldn't just inspire behavior or culture. I'm assuming a, a good, well, well thought through and well implemented core value mm-hmm. should, imp- should influence almost every decision across the business from... What should our marketing be like? What should the tone of our marketing be like? What, like you say, like what, what suppliers do we and don't we work with? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we sell our products? How do we t- treat our customers? How do we, am I assuming, anyway, it's kind of an open-ended question really, but is that what you would define as a good core value? Uh, uh, <clears throat> absolutely. I think... Um I think that part of the core values or part of the guiding operating principles of an organization, they should take into consideration how you treat your customers, how you treat your employees, how you want your employees to behave uh, among themselves uh, and with the leadership, and uh, also how you treat the environment and whether that environment is the society Yep. Uh, or the physical environment and nature yep. or the materials yep. um, and 
one great example if you look into the uh, the fashion industry is that they are Fast looking fashion. into waste exactly yeah. exactly how do you conduct business in that in that environment um, another would be you know um, uh, chemicals and how do you recycle yep. uh, when it comes to your product packaging yep. are your product materials recyclable or yep. not and what do you do about it not just uh, whether the materials are recyclable but how do you encourage your Uh, customers or consumers yep. to engage in the behavior that promotes um, um, the well-being of the environment. Yep, yep, absolutely brilliant. And how many core values, are, is this a how long is a piece of string thing or do you have a best practice view on how many core values a business should have? Should it be three or four that cover kind of service, the environment, you know, yada yada, like, Is there a number? <laughs> I mean, I think that... Um, Is that a really dumb question? No, it's not a dumb question. It, it depends on the type of business, right? It depends how big the business is, how the business was... was you know, went about having core values in the past. Yeah. Um, you may have just one core value, but then that core value to inspire all the employees... Uh, to work in a unified way and deliver against that promise. Yep. That is uh, that is quite uh, quite authentic yep. to have everybody living and breathing. Yep. But then you see other companies that they have 10 or 12 different core values and, and people are, are just simply lost. Yeah, How many things swap. can you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, they've got to be easy to communicate throughout the business, mm. right? From board level down to, yep. you know... To customers. The new intern you know, coming to you from university for six months, right? Um, hmm. What do people get wrong when they're doing this? Like, what, what are the common mistakes in your mind, the common errors? What should companies do better when they're trying to set their core values? I think the number one uh, uh, pitfall could be the, um, the vagueness that some values have and the lack of authenticity. Yeah. So if, uh, if you just set a value just for the sake of, of saying it, right? Um, we want to be sustainable. What does that mean? Yeah. It's very important for a value to be actionable mm -hmm. and to, use, to pick the right words so that everybody who reads it remembers it. Yep. for the first time, yep. but they also adapt their behavior to act, to live yep. and breathe that type of value. Yep. And then um, your first people that should follow these values are your, your, your leadership team, yep. your board of directors, yep. your executive team, your yep. C-level. Uh, leading, uh, yeah, yeah. leading by example on it. Leading by example. And then, um, you know, rewarding as well that type of behavior. Sometimes yep. the behavior is not, um, is not easy to be identified or, 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 or quantified. Yep. So you could see the behavior, you could see a behavior of kindness that doesn't necessarily have a direct impact in your bottom line, mm -hmm. but you should still be as a company and as a leader yep. recognizing that behavior if it is among your core values. Yeah, definitely. I think it's... Um, I think it's also really interesting to bear with me on this tangent to like look at different how different organizations do it as well mm -hmm. like I was just thinking about um, like my daughter's school and they have a set of values one of them is respect and the way 
I don't know, it's like constantly embedded in their communications and assembly and in written materials and all that stuff in a, in a very natural way. Very nice. And you can sense it's very authentic. And um, she knows it, you know? And you're like, well, if you can, if you can, it's interesting how that definitely, like 100% influences the behavior. Absolutely. The school. It's, uh, it's quite interesting. Absolutely. It's, uh, I think my, my best example from my young age would be, I was, I was part of the Girl Scouts. Yeah. Some really noble values there that, yeah. that helped us uh, become honest, helpful human beings, right? Yeah. That uh, um, we, we act and we serve in a way that yeah. goes above and beyond and we take pride. Yep. in it uh, so if uh, if small children can can do that i mean we can all of course <laughs> adults can as well yeah i think sometimes um so we're, we're currently like starting to look at this properly as a as our own business but as a founder i think i've been nervous of it or shying away from it for a bit because um i don't ever want to just have here's our five values they're on the website and all they are is a list of words on a website that don't mean anything mm-hmm. or have any real impact on anyone or anything. You know, they, they really have to define how we treat our clients, how we uh, qualify in or out when we're doing a sales pitch or whatever it is. Like, and I think as a, okay, newish business, I think it takes a bit of time mm-hmm. to learn and find your feet and find out who are we and like why why do we exist and what do we believe in and what we stand for and how do we deal with our clients and what do they like about what we do and you know it's a process do you think it like, is if you if you're a new business right it's um, it value start as, a, as aspirational uh, and then once uh, once you have the experience yeah. of how you acted and you behaved in a, in a way according yeah. to your values, yeah. then it becomes historical and it becomes part of the company's DNA. Yeah. So it's no longer just there on the website, you yeah. know. But I, I, I can appreciate that at the beginning the values have to be kind of like written down and presented and people have to be trained and sometimes we just need to say the values again and again yep. until they're embedded yep. in the head. Um, but once we start seeing behaviors linked to those values, then the company needs to evolve uh, into celebrating those behaviors. Uh-huh. The other thing is that um, the values are rarely stale. You have the right to update your values. Yeah, yeah. You have yeah. the you, and and actually, I would encourage that scientific approach because you know we we could be right today about something, but with future information, we could be wrong, right? Yeah. So I don't think yeah. that the environment was such a priority in the past or yeah. gender equity was yeah. such a priority in the past. Yeah. And now these are matters that have been elevated to yeah. the board. Yeah, yeah, in a very good way, definitely. Um, okay, and then in terms of your career, mm-hmm. um, could we talk about a practical example of when you've gone through a process of either setting corporate values or um, applying those values to a particular scenario. I think before we started, we were talking about your time at Danone. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that, that, that would be the example that I would use for sure. Um, mainly because Danone as a business, first of all, it's a, it's a big corp, corp now, but um, it always had very strong and very inspirational values. And one of the things that, that, first of all, made me want to work for Danone and made me want to join was their vision. Yep. And that um, uh, th- this this set That's of core values, so the values so attracted talent. Yep. There you are. So point one. Um, the second one, one those was um, it unified us as a team in any corporate environment, any big corporate environment. You have, even though you you know all departments work for the same brands and for the same organizations, you have different uh, preferences and priorities and power dynamics. Yeah. That um, when there is when there is a mission that 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 unifies everybody, everybody will respect that. Mm-hmm. So when I was uh, when I was at Danone and things might have changed now, but we had this amazing mission about making every day count for you and your baby. That was the that was a part of the specialized nutrition uh, like business that. unit. That was the yeah. that was the mission, and it was a very important one because um, it really elevated the the priority of the consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it it helped us understand as employees that we serve a purpose. We don't just manufacture and produce a product that somebody goes to the supermarket and buys it and then consumes it. So we linked our um, our work uh, with the purpose that went beyond just the monetary monetary benefit. Yep. In any case, why that was important? There was a there was a situation where um, different teams. Um, it was the marketing team and the sales team and the operation team that they all wanted to kind of like lead or take ownership and responsibility mm-hmm. for uh, a new channel. Back okay. then, and we would see, we would treat it as a new channel. But although we we today know that it is actually part of a of a digital uh, transformation ambition for every organization to achieve that maturity, and that channel was D 2 C, so okay. direct to consumer. Yep. And um, because of uh, a particular situation with um, with the products that we have, uh, sensitive products. Uh, for, uh, for mothers and babies, we wanted to make sure that re- at any circumstance, at any external circumstance, and back then we had um, a risk that was approaching quite fast, and that was the Brexit deadline, we wanted to make sure that our product yeah. wouldn't be out of stock because most of the products were imported. So that was kind of like the... That was the situation, right? Um, we didn't every 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 week. We were following uh, the news and we were uh, were kept updated. But um, you know, we all know that trading agreements no took. No point. one knew. Yeah. No one knew what was going to happen. However, we did have a responsibility to our consumers to make sure that our products would be there. Back to that value of. 
exactly. Like so that that was one thing. Day count. Yeah. So that that kind of like unified us and had put together like a crisis team to manage that. But then the second thing was when you are um, a big FMCG company, mm -hmm. you know, for the sake of those who are not uh, uh, familiar with, the way you sell your products is through retailers. Yep. So you. And then the, it's at the discretion of the retailer where the product will show up, which locations, yep. what price, and, and, and whatever. So it, it's up to them. And it is a, it's a partnership and a collaboration. But our responsibility was eventually with the end consumer, whether that end consumer was in London or in a, in a village somewhere far away. Yep. And it was quite obvious that if we were able to make our product available online, um, then we could reach anybody. Yep. Anybody from wherever they were, they could find our products. Mm -hmm. And we would mitigate that risk. Yep. But we had, um, you know, um, all this kind of like internal discussions because setting up this channel was 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 quite tricky back yeah. then. And um, one of the big massive task in a yeah. big FMCG in a big company. FMCG. So do you know what we're going to go? We're going to open up a DTC channel. It's not as simple exactly. as it sounds, right? It's not as simple, and it it um, well, it eventually it became simple because from a from a digital perspective. Um, Two years before we had these discussions, we had done this massive investment and change in our digital systems okay. uh, that I was leading. And I had made the provision to um, uh, have a headless um, uh, commerce solution okay. available, yep. just in case something would go wrong and we wanted to, oh, so to do it. In your back so the front end, yes, yeah. was kind of like there. So that, 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 was, uh, that was simplifying things. The difficult part was on the um, distribution, the supply chain Fulfillment. that had to yeah. be well thought and very well designed. And indeed, our operations team did a brilliant job there. Amazing. Um, but um, it all came down, where I'm going with this, uh, with this uh, story, Oh, whenever we had these discussions around who's responsible for this challenge, challenge uh, channel, is it digital, is it marketing, is it sales, is it um, operations, etc., etc., um, everybody wanted to kind of like lead it, and so we never, it never felt that we we made any any progress. Yep. Um, and then it dawned on me that when it came to responsibility we were actually all responsible for this yeah. channel. Because our responsibility was not around who's leading it, was around will the consumers have the product. Yeah. So yeah. The, once we brought the mission and, and, and our core value around serving the consumer in the discussion, it just everything was everything was clear it yep. didn't really matter yep it didn't matter who would get the credit around yep. launching this channel yep. it didn't matter which uh, person's uh, pnl and bottom line would hit it just didn't matter because all it mattered was will our consumer be okay in case there is a problem with you know 
supply. It was back then was uh, was supply with Brexit. Interestingly, fast forward uh, a year later, we did have a problem with COVID. And yeah. um, the good thing is that um, we had done all this kind of like a, a, a pre-design and work for Brexit, so we were almost ready, and we we launched it to see in six days, and wow. that was. That was amazing. Because, because of in a response to COVID. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's what do you know. What? That's really interesting. That the whole kind of first off that you had, um, you know, that e-commerce solution in the background mm-hmm. on the sub bench, ready to go. Should you need it? That's like really really cool. Then the planning around potential challenges with Brexit and okay we might need this thing mm-hmm. and then actually what sparked it on was a it was a random pandemic <laughs> that nobody expected it but you know sometimes what a sequence of events though because yeah. had you you know six days indeed indeed it was uh, I mean looking back sometimes you know you, you you can sit from the outside and say oh these guys were lucky but it, it was actually a two or three year preparation yeah. to launch in, in, in six days. Yeah. It's just um, so many random things happen. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what really um, helped us uh, go through the internal politics of launching it was the value of, of putting the consumer first. Yeah, yeah. And, and these values also saved us a year later as a business when the real risk you know, knocked on our door. Yeah, that's amazing. So when you're getting, I guess, nervousness around going, you know, launching a DTC channel, is that, well, the the value is in, you know, our value is to make a difference to the consumer's lives. So therefore, that's what matters. And that's the easiest way for the customer to get the product. Indeed. So... Well, if we didn't have the product, a lot of our consumers would definitely have a, a, a really bad experience. Yeah. Um, and in a practical sense, mm-hmm. in those conversations, um, how, how often did that value come up as a conversation in those meetings? Was it a case, literally a case of, right, well, lots of discussion, you know, some for it, some not for it, but then, no, this is our value we have to do it or was it a bit more subtle than that i think so for uh, it didn't come uh, actually in every discussion and for me it just it dawned on me um in a in a moment of 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 clarity yeah and i wish it would have dawned on me a few discussions in advance so that we could have saved time but i think what matters is that it eventually came to somebody's brains, right? Yeah, and, 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 they, and they used it, it is yeah. there. Yeah. And if it That's wasn't awesome. for me, it would be someone else that yeah, would yeah. have thought about, yeah. well, actually, yeah, we, we yeah. This, is, this is how we operate as a business, so yeah, we so need we to do to. it. Yeah. yeah, wow, That's amazing. Well, look, thank you so much, because I think like, it's, these are really good things to talk about, and there were some really good practical examples and advice within that. So thanks so much for making the time to chat. You're welcome. Thank you, John. Thank you for having me. I'm a marketing freak now. So. It's official. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please do come and subscribe. Join us for future episodes where we talk about the ins and outs of running paid media and driving improved conversions and revenue for your business. See you next time.